Ladies and gentlemen, Ronan Curtis is a complete dick. Welcome to the Thamesman. Folks, welcome back to a uh, very long-awaited episode of the Thames. I believe it's episode 51-ish. Let's call it episode 51-ish. Andy Roberts with me, as always. Hello. Hello. Hi. How? How? Are, yeah, yeah, you know, living live the lockdown. Yeah. It's, I mean, they're pretending to ease it, aren't they? But um, Yeah, they're yeah. pretending to play football. There's some, there's some pretend football going on. In fact... I've been watching lots of football since it's come back on because, you know, it's do, a thing to do. So I've been watching lots know, of football. Do you know what? I haven't because it's almost exclusively dreadful. Mm. Quality's absolutely terrible, especially the first couple of games. It was carnage, those opening games. Yeah, and and, and I you know, if we if we didn't have a vested interest in it, I'm pretty sure the um the playoff, particularly our playoff semi final, would have to to the neutral observer been absolutely dreadful. I think I think the yeah. Fleetwood Wickham game looked entertaining. Um but I spent most of the that mildly being, would be the best way to put that. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, like, you know, the the both of those Clubs are such sideshows anyway, particularly with bloody Joey yeah. Bart and Fleetwood are just a horrible football club anyway. Full yeah, stop. Of course, anyway, yeah. And with with Ainsworth, you know, having his midlife crisis with his, his unwashed hair and his bad dad's jacket, um, yeah. it's yeah, it's it's it, they are a bit of a sideshow. But yeah, let's but, but, let's let's go back. Let's go back a little bit before we get into the into the semi final and a little bit of chat yeah. about the final. Um, I I still don't understand League One. In uh, any way. Because <laughs> from what I gathered that happened was they decided to end part of the league immediately and just like arbitrarily say, uh, Coventry and Rotherham, you get promoted. But then your other guys, you don't have to play anymore except the top four behind those two and you have to play off. So it was it, the whole thing was a, a gigantic fiasco, and it took absolutely forever the, for them to, to to sort it out. I'm, I'm not going to go into the, the the honestly, we could sit here talking for an hour about how yeah. long it took them to figure out how to run this whole thing. Um, but what they did, I mean, they voted quite early that they weren't going to continue playing on, um, and that um, the, uh, the 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 plan was is that they would they would promote and relegate teams based on some kind of calculation and that the playoffs would happen. I mean, there was debate about all of that between lots and lots of different clubs because in this whole situation, all the clubs were doing was voting on their own personal interests. Um, that's well, exactly. Not, that's, Why, what that's, else are they going to do? That's not strictly true. There were some clubs, including Oxford United, who were saying we need to play the season out, which um, you know everybody was saying was a massively honourable thing to do, but also would put lots of football clubs at serious financial risk. So I'm not entirely sure it was that as entirely honourable, personally. But um, yeah. But anyway, so they decided they weren't going to do that, and then they they tried to come up with a formula to figure out exactly how you would choose the final. Uh, standings for the season there were lots of different options again i won't go into them some of them were points per game some of them weighted points per game and that you get more points for home and than than away yeah. well no it's, it's not if you get more points from home is that you calculate your home 
points per game and your away points per game and then apply that for your remaining fixtures. Jesus and get Christ. The total. What they ended up doing is they just said, right, how many points per game have you got so far? And the league standing places will be determined based on that. Um, and that's how we ended up with what was effectively the final table. Mm. What do you reckon, like, to teams that, like like Swindon, for example, who um, got promoted and, yeah. and Rotherham and all these guys. You, if you've waited a very very long time to get promoted, this kind of doesn't give you that satisfaction, right? I can't imagine. Like, yeah, it's great. Like, yeah, you're promoted next season. You're playing in the division above. That's obviously to be celebrated if you're a fan of one of those teams. But the the real joy of being promoted is being part of the journey that gets you promoted and being there for those key crucial moments and celebrating with the fans when you get those those all important goals. And all th- this seems very sort of clinical. And I don't know. Um, yes, the club gets the benefit, but I don't think the fans have got the benefit. No, no, absolutely, and we were we were over over lockdown. Uh, Oxford United were doing uh, as lots of clubs are doing. They did um, some stuff where they like showed kind of live, if you like, a live stream on on YouTube, so everybody is watching it together of some kind of key matches. And one of them was the game, funnily enough, against uh, Wickham. Um, no, it wasn't. What am I talking about? It was the 2010 playoff final. Um, being oh, yeah, an idiot. Yeah. 2010 playoff final. So they played that live on the same day, kind of a year, 10 years afterwards. Yeah. And everybody kind of got together um, and like sat down and watched it and everybody kind of dressed their living rooms up and stuff like that. And was it was a social media thing as well. And everybody was kind of sharing their, yeah, nice. their conversations on social media. It was really good. It was, it was really uh, genuinely wonderful to watch. And it was all of the kind of the colour and the, the fan in the in the ground at Wembley and all all of that kind of joy and we were we were talking about it saying like it was so much fun just kind of reliving all of that ten years on because at this point it wasn't entirely clear what was going to be happening and actually at that point we were potentially going to be one of the clubs that would go up automatically depending on yeah, the yeah. formula that was chosen and and we were also I don't want to go up automatically like there would be yeah. zero in the way of kind of there'd be no elation there'd be no jubilation there'd be no you know dancing and singing in the streets because it's just it's just it's just a clinical kind of boardroom decision saying effectively name out of the hat these guys are going to be in the championship next season now of course don't be wrong I'd have been delighted to see us in the championship next season. It would have been, uh, you know, that would have been a source of kind of, you know, of of happiness for me. Um, But at the same time, I would never, you know, football's about jumping up and down on the terraces with your with your friends. It's about it's about those moments. It's about the exhilaration of those moments. Um, Yeah, granted, being in a higher division next season would be nice, but I can't can't get any kind of celebration out of an an EFL press release explaining that they're going to be. So you're at least you're getting some of that then. So we're getting some of these playoff games. yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So in many ways, we're quite lucky in that respect, particularly if we've managed to make it through to the final, because at least we get something out of it. But I'll be brutally honest, and we actually start kind of continue on to start talking about those playoff semi-finals now. I wasn't in the build-up for it. I felt nothing, absolutely zero. I couldn't get excited about it because because the world has completely changed. And football, this none of this feels like football. It didn't feel, even though last season uh, or this season, sorry, um, was has been absolutely fantastic and. has been a really 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 good season um 
and and we absolutely given that some of the results that we've had this season and some of the performances we've put in this season um we have absolutely earned the right to put ourselves in amongst the kind of the mix for the for the for the playoffs and to get promoted it still doesn't feel this doesn't feel like a part of that season that no. season feels so long no. ago that i don't feel connected to it in the same way the whole this whole pandemic is kind of thrown all oh. that out of the way so it's this kind of weird half-assed approximation of a continuation of the season which is which is really sad don't get me wrong i mean it's not it something I'm, I, I feel happy about it's desperately sad particularly given how joyous it was when we were beating west ham 4-0 and we were away at lincoln and beating them 6-0 and we were equalizing in the whatever it was 93rd minute against newcastle in the cup and like all of that stuff was absolutely wonderful um and um, and like you know, like uh, coming 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 back from two 0 down to win three two right at the last minute in the in our last game of the season, all of those things have earned us this place, and yet they feel so long ago that I, I never felt in the build up that this was part of that journey. Um, now, thankfully, and I'm really glad it was the case that actually whilst watching both legs of the semi-final, it suddenly meant something to me and I started feeling back kind of part of it, which was which was really nice. And it was, you know, but it still feels different. I mean, for a start. So tell me, tell me about that experience. The, the, so it kicks off the first leg of the semi-final. There's no crowd. There's no atmosphere. And I watched the start of that game and there was no atmosphere and there was no feeling of pressure for the first like 10 minutes is very very weird yeah it was weird i mean we we so we watched it um over at my girlfriend's house and we had some people around so we did it socially distanced so we had the tv set up in the kind of conservatory we were sat in the garden socially distanced (laughs) watching the tv in this conservatory and we had flags (laughs) and shirts and scarves and everything it was all really cool um but it was also drizzling and kind of getting steadily heavier with rain. And because we were watching streaming through Now TV, we were losing signals, so this, it kept dropping out. <laughs> we we actually missed Oxford's goal. Um, oh so, no way! And we think thankfully we because it had been we had it having issues. We got a radio. And so every time it dropped off, we stuck Radio Oxford on. So we we heard the goal and were able to celebrate. But so g- given that there had been all those issues with um, uh, with with kind of not really feeling part of it, kind of that did somewhat take away from it. Second leg though, we were inside, we did it properly, and we had it on telly, and it was all completely nice. completely slick, and it was fine, and got into it. But but that first leg, so that so that kind of counted against the experience. Um, but. But yeah, like, but to be honest with you, when when the game when there's a lot riding on the game, you don't even notice the fact that there's no crowd in the um on on the TV. It's, it's suddenly suddenly like when I've I've sat and watched a couple of Premier League games and it found it really kind of disconcerting and a bit yeah. weird and a bit off putting. But actually, when you're so heavily invested in the football, it it barely registers that it doesn't feel like a proper football match. You're so focused on the actual game. Um, That's cool. Yeah, so so that so that was that at least was gratifying that that, that I that I felt part of it. It's still still not quite the same. Um, partly because you know big games like this, I'd be there, and so watching it on yeah, telly exactly. just can't feel the same. So it is it's something. It's not football. It's not like football as I know it, but it is at least kind of something that I'm getting out well, of it. So let's talk about that first leg then. Let's yeah. talk about the game down at uh, Fratton Park, right? Yeah, so I mean, I've I how, felt. How, how did you find it? I mean, 
again going into it I didn't have any nerves going to it into it particularly I think on the day in the on the way over to to to, uh, to Rosie's house I started feeling nervous um, and I was listening to build up and things like that so I actually started getting a bit of nerves but absolutely nothing like <laughs> big what, yeah. I, what I've been through in, in proper in similar size games in in, in the past um, but actually when the game got got going um, it it was I I mean it was the same as a lot of the other games that I've watched where there was there was very little in the way of kind of tempo neither team really kind of managing to tie anything together and I and I and I think and I for quite early on in that game I start I genuinely started to worry and this is still one of my big worries in general about the final I started to worry about our levels of fitness because we just didn't look like we had the zip so one yeah. of the things that we have played with this season in particular, with a couple of exceptions, which I'll come on to when we talk about the final, um, we've played with such fluidity, such speed, such tempo. Um, we um, we know we, we knock the ball around. Everybody looks lively. Everybody knows their roles. And there's kind of a liveliness about our, about our squad. Um, I think clubs like us and teams who play like us in that situation, um, in, in this situation, are probably disadvantaged more with the massive break than clubs who grind things out. Because I think yeah, it, yeah. that that kind of vibrancy and that life and that spark is such a part of our game. It's kind of a momentum kind of thing that the three month gap and the lack of fitness and match sharpness that comes with it will affect us more than a club who just sits behind the ball and grinds out. Yeah. And so I, I think, I, I think it's, I, it's, it's a, um, it's a signature of Cole Robinson that he's got a kind of streaky nature about performances, right? Like they're, yeah. they're either on or they're off. It seems. What, one of the, one of the, one of the good things though, and, um, and, and this is one thing that does gives me a little bit of kind of confidence going into the final. And this kind of definitely came out of the second leg um, is that, he he does at least have the ability. He does at least have Plan Bs, um, and he does. And, and this is something I tweeted after the second leg. Actually, is one of the things that I've always been really impressed with with his teams. Even when I was, you know, um, shouting from the rooftops about how much I hated him. Um, <laughs> the 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 that he he his sides find a way of winning football matches, particularly when you're in a zone and you and we're on a run. Um, yeah. Because because we had we had runs th- this season where we were winning every game three nil, two nil, four nil, and then we would come up against a difficult side or a, diff- a different proposition, but we'd somehow find a way of winning that game, even though our natural game didn't suit that game. We'd find a way of winning, and so despite we have that kind of um, fluidity and all of that, which I was talking about before, and this is definitely the case in the Portsmouth game, despite having that hampering us, I genuinely think it hampered us, we still somehow managed to find our way through that game. I think I think Portsmouth were sharper. Um, I think they, they had a much more kind of a much more specific game plan, which was absorb pressure and not not hit us on the break so much, but absorb pressure and then find a way of breaking us down. And I think they had more of a game plan than we did in that respect. Um, but but nevertheless, we went through it and it was it necessarily because of the situation, because of our lack of match sharpness, we had that kind of attrition to 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 wear them down. And I think and that's and that's one of the things that fills me with confidence. And I think in that first leg. Um, we were not in it for the first half an hour or so at all. Um, and it was Portsmouth's game. And, and I was genuinely worried. I was worried about our fitness and about my match sharpness. A lot of our key players, like James Henry and, um, and Matty Taylor, were not not really kind of making... 
going to borrow Chris Wilder phrase, making contact with the game. They didn't really seem to kind yeah. of be part of it. Um, but over time during that uh, during that game, it, it they they managed to they managed to kind of find a foothold of some description. And, well, and I thought that it, getting the goal when they did was absolutely vital because after Curtis, the idiot Curtis, got the opener. It, it it didn't feel great at that point, did it? But then when Marcus Brown got that goal, kind of out of nowhere, but that's how he plays, isn't it? He's just dynamic, bursts forward and, and, and hits one. But if that goal hadn't gone in before half-time, I think it would have been a struggle. Yeah, I, I I do, and I think this is something I said prior to the um, prior to the game. Um, somebody was saying, well, "What do they fancy the chances uh, of Ox doing it?" And I and I said, "Well, I think I think their manager." And I haven't. I've spoken to some Portsmouth fans since the games about Kenny Jacket, but in my experience of watching Portsmouth teams under Kenny Jacket, they seem to be quite smart, quite streetwise. They they he he seems to go in with a well thought out tactical plan. Now I understand actually from Pompey fans is he's a bit one dimensional and he just sticks to the same plan regardless and he's not very adaptable oh, and flexible. Okay. Nevertheless, um I went into those games thinking, well he's they they they're a more well drilled side in that respect. They seem to have a have a game plan Whenever I've seen them play against us, um, but what we have that they that I think we we have better than them is quality, like like genuine kind of people who can turn games quality. You talk of Cameron Brannigan, James Henry, Matty Taylor, yeah. um, obviously Marcus Brown. We've got we've got players who can genuinely turn games on single moments. When I think and I think that was the difference between us in, in Pompey. Um, and I think I think. Hopefully that will be the difference between us in in, in Wickham as well. Um, but yeah, so you're right. Getting that goal from Marcus Brown um, was crucial. But that is what our side has. It has the ability to create things almost out of nothing sometimes. And that's how we get through those games that I was talking about earlier about the kind of the attritional side of things. Because yeah. you just need a single moment, and we've got enough quality in individual players that you can just get that that moment if you need it. So that is you yeah, mentioned- quite quite reassuring. You mentioned earlier that you were listening on BBC Radio Oxford comms. Did you listen to the uh, Sky comms at any point? Yes. Yeah, no. So we, so we, we took... They, they only embarrassed themselves right. yet again by not doing their fucking research or having commentators that know what, what league and what players they're watching. It's very annoying, to be honest. It is a bit annoying. So it's the same commentary team for both games, and they they banged on about Pompey throughout the whole thing. Um, uh, there was there was one of my favourite moments. This is something that uh, other people pointed out on Twitter, but they kept banging on on about um, Portsmouth's greater experience, um, and that maybe that would come through. And then somebody pointed out the average age of this Pompey squad was twenty four. The average age of the Oxford squad was twenty six. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and but do you know what? And, and and I think it was Rosie saying this. What they meant by experience is that the club of Portsmouth has been in the Premier club, League. Once. Has been in the Premier League in in <laughs> recent memory. So they're talking about yeah. that club's experience. That means nothing on the football pitch. Yeah. Absolutely, like, and it was it was a bloody long time ago as well. It was a long time ago, and they've been through a whole world of crap since then. But the idea that just because they've heard of Portsmouth, they are somehow oh, more experienced is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, it's very, even, very frustrating. 
But um, yeah, in, in the particularly in the second leg because we were inside and we could hear them a bit better. They they were really driving me up the wall. They really were. Yeah, but there we it's go. hard work. It is hard work, and that that's the that's the thing that's a little bit sad because obviously there are the people out there that do have the knowledge and do have um, a little bit of now when it comes to to league football. Get them in. It's a big game. There's not much else going on. Get the right comms team on that game because for a lot of people, it's a massive, massive thing. It, yeah, it really is. I mean, we had we had fun, and we've had fun of it, fun with it since then, because they have like mm. a, one of their one of their guys called uh, Danny Gabadon, who was the co-commentator, oh, called yeah. uh, yes. called Josh Ruffles. Josh uh, Josh Ruffles called him Josh Ruffles. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, and he also actually... made some comment about about him like being an unlikely hero, and I was like, "You haven't yeah. watched Oxford all fucking season." Uh, honestly, that I nearly, I, I, yeah, I, I nearly threw, put my through my shoe through the telly. Like, is is is, is, is Rosie point? Literally, so I mentioned this game earlier, the last game of the season against Shrewsbury. I think um, we uh, were two 0 down, and then we sc- scored three goals and um, scored the third goal. Josh Ruffles in the ninety whatever minute. Um, yeah. and and that goal had he not scored that goal we would have finished outside the playoffs we would not yeah. be in the playoffs so that goal that single like he's literally the reason we we're, <laughs> were in in that in the idea that 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 he's an unlikely hero and plus he scored oh, no. god, god knows how many last yeah, minute goals for us countless fucking like, goals famous for it <laughs> it's ridiculous it's a, isn't it? uh, you know yeah so it is a little bit embarrassing but you know but, but that, that's, i mean that's... we we do more research than gabidon did and that is saying something yeah quite <laughs> um yeah no it was uh yeah disappointing but um but there we go that's that's kind of that's the way of the world and that's kind of the where, where, it's shit but we have yeah. to accept our place in the world and and i'm and i'm, I'm fine with doing that because i guess so yeah. So but the game, so, so, yeah. the, so the first leg plays out one all, and it's probably a fair result at the end at the end of that. And then we go into the second leg, and the second leg immediately was much more spicy. There was way more on it. Even in the first few minutes, it was clear, and there was a pressure that you felt, even though there was no crowd noise or anything. Obviously, it felt like a much more serious match straight away. It, it it did, although although my my initial my initial worry and uh, my initial concern and worry was that we still didn't start that game particularly sharp and 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 I mean there were you're right there was a lot more on it and you could tell and feel that but I I didn't look at that and feel like I wanted us to go out there and hit them all guns blazing yeah um and, and, it was and maybe maybe that's as well wasn't it it was ill disciplined yeah but maybe. May, Maybe that's me being a little bit naive because, you know, after this amount of time off, maybe that, particularly because we didn't look particularly fit, we would we clearly had players nursing knocks you know at yeah. the end of the first leg half the players who went off who were key players all had ice on their knees and legs and things like that so um but the the, the one the one thing you know you're right it did it was a lot more kind of it was a lot more tense there was obviously you know, things spilled nearly spilled over a good few times in that yeah. game which is kind of was what you want to see but you to, want it to, a bit to, to yeah, a degree. yeah um but the thing, the thing, I mean, you know, in, in obviously, you know, similar pattern, we went a goal down um, in, in that game. Um, the, and, and, and do you know what? That was the most frustrating thing. It was such a butt ugly goal. Granted, <laughs> the, 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 the lad took the ball down extraordinarily well. A really nice yeah. couple of touches. Um, but, you know, for them to lump the ball along right over the top and it to, yeah, to, to catch you, us you out don't... like that, bit disappointing. Um but it was it's, it's funny we... that's football isn't it like you you can go all season 
and you can play the best football ever. But at the end of the day, it's errors usually that lose you games, right? That win or lose games, especially at this at this kind of level. And it's, you can have yeah. a moment of absolute brilliance to score a goal like like Marcus Brown in the first leg, and then you can throw it away with a shit piece of defending. Pretty well, much. and do you know what? And do you know what? That's but that's you know that's exactly what Portsmouth are going to be saying coming out of that as well. Yeah. Because yeah, um, lovely true. touch and stuff for their for, for their first goal. We could have been sharper dealing with it, but the equaliser was their defender just panicking. Yeah. I don't know. Not yeah. dealing not no, dealing with, all a, with the a corner. I mean, it was a it was a great corner because he lobbed it into the into the six yard box and he created that uncertainty by putting it in that almost no man's land between the front post and where the goalkeeper wants to come and collect mm. it. Um, so the defender feels like he has to go and get that. And it's it was noteworthy and interesting that there has that there's been there's been a definite change in the playoff matches I, uh, that I've seen of people def- definitely trying to either score directly from corners or get the yeah. ball right into the six yard box because that happened in the, um, the Fleetwood Wickham first leg yeah, um, and James absolutely. Henry was definitely trying that um, but it was really interesting, it was a great, it was a great corner that so, so somebody um, posted a couple of kind of screen clips of the, of the defender going for the ball and it's interesting because <laughs> I mean, obviously, you can prove anything with still photographs of football matches. Sure. It's not representative. But he's saying the more I look at it, the more it felt to him like the guy was actually like forgotten which end of the ground he was at and was <laughs> attacking the ball to try and score. Um, I mean, it was an absolutely classic goal. To be fair, it, it, really it was. was. It was quite. It was quite funny. But Jot, have it, love it, take it. Yeah, goal line technology. It. I mean, like, and like you know, I'm as anti VAR as they come, but I've always been pro goal line technology because it's an instant readout. It tells you what the, whether it's gone in. It's it's factual. It, when, when that There's, works. As we well, saw yeah, the other to, day. <laughs> to be fair, that has only not worked once in the whole history of football. But it, um, but it chose to not work on an absolutely hilarious goal line chance because I forgot what the game was now, but the goalkeeper was yeah. in the net with the ball yeah, behind was, the yeah. post and it still didn't yeah, it give was, it. It was, a it was quite special. My favourite yeah, thing about yeah. that was the look of absolute guilt on the goalkeeper's face. He knew it yeah. was a goal, and he looked terrified. And then the ref didn't give it, and he just sort of carried on. It's brilliant. They, go, they, they they definitely forgot to turn the GLT on after yeah. the uh, after the after the summer, didn't they? Um, but yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, it was like literally a cent- less than a centimetre of the line as well. But you know, fuck it. Like it's really funny because yeah. afterwards, the Sky people were trying to make excuses for Portsmouth to Kenny Jacket saying. Oh yeah, and it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because you know, if this had been a normal league game, there wouldn't have been goal line technology. Uh, and so, do you feel? And like, obviously, Kenny Jackie was saying a load of he didn't even entertain that that idea. But but the I like the idea that um, that you could look at a legitimate goal and say, well, you know, you know, under normal circumstances, that, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't goal have would been have been given. ruled out. So you know, so you, you've been unlucky that a legitimate goal was given against you. Well, a load of yeah. Anyway. No. No, but no, yeah, no. so 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 yeah, it was um but a similar pattern, wasn't it? Because that, that goal coming right on the stroke of half time, um yeah. absolutely, absolutely vital. Um and the thing, the most gratifying thing is because in and I I've been worried about fitness after the first leg, and that was my biggest concern going into the second leg, was we didn't look as sharp or as fit as they did. But as that game wore on, 
we 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 found our feet in that game and we started playing a lot better we i mean it still wasn't a, it was still wasn't vintage car robinson oxford united in any way but we were we were starting to kind of dominate and make make kind of progress into the in, into their half and we spent most of the rest of the game looking at their goal rather than yeah. our goal and yeah. and, and, and that that's the mo- the thing that kind of get, got me the most confidence that's partly i think down to the fact that kenny jacket a bit rigid doesn't like to isn't flexible doesn't like to change things. Carl Robinson made changes, some surprising changes that that you know bringing Jamie Hansen on, for example, um, that that actually seemed to work out pretty well. So um, so yeah, a bit, bit bit more confident about the final, I think, because um, we seem to have the ability to kind of build on things. But the the the, the final is going to be a completely different kettle of fish because it's a yeah, completely different so. football team we're playing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, penalty shootout, right? So it's been—it's not been bad for you recently, then. So you had an England penalty shootout win last season, and now an Oxford penalty shootout win this season. Yeah, well, we we um, we also won earlier on in the season. I think it was against Coventry in one of the cups. I think the League Cup. In this round before, I don't know, I don't know was it Millwall? Uh, my memory is absolutely <laughs> terrible. Anyway, in one of the cups, we had we had a penalty shootout win in one of the cups earlier in the season. Goes. And actually, good. and actually, in recent history, Oxford in recent history in the last kind of five years, Oxford have actually done pretty well out of penalties. We've had some bad days with penalties going back to kind of two thousand and seven, I think. Yeah. Um, Exeter City um, in the uh, playoffs, so the conference playoff semi final, second leg at the Kassam Stadium, lost that. That was that was horrible. So yeah, so we've had some bad moments, but actually, in relatively recent history, I think we've we've tended to do pretty well. Um, that that so East, Eastwood had had a mixed bag as well, like during both legs, he'd had a real mixed bag. Eastwood, so for him to come good with the one, I yeah. think there was only one save, right? There was only one save in the whole. Shooter. Yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, five, yeah. Ten penalties taken, one yeah. miss. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. I think Eastwood, Eastwood looked a little bit rusty. Um. I didn't think. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think he was particularly to blame for the second goal. I don't think. I think his uh, the second. So the goal in the second leg. I think yeah. the defenders. I think the defenders left him a little bit exposed by not by not winning that ball. Um. But the. But yeah. But but he, but he made a couple of good saves actually in the second leg as well. But the um. But. To be honest with you, it was interesting because he was going the he was going the same way for every single one of those penalties. Yeah, their keeper yeah, seemed yeah. to be their keeper seemed to be getting closer to their penalties than Eastwood was getting to sorry to our penalties and Eastwood was getting to theirs. But they kept going to what was to them right and Eastwood was jumping to his right. So he was going the opposite direction um, until the one that actually counted. And they, I mean, but it was a pretty shit penalty to be fair. Comfortable yeah. one for the keeper. If he's going, the, if he's going that way, he's saving it all day long. Um, so, but for me, for me, the most, the, the I, I'm just so pleased at the, the, the sheer quality of our penalties. They were yeah. absolutely incredible. Yeah, very, very credit, credit to Ben Woodburn because I think starting Ben I think I, I thought it at the time and with hindsight I think I was right. Starting Ben Woodburn in the first leg wasn't the wasn't maybe the right nod. I, th- I think, you know, Carl Robinson has been watching them all in training for the past however long. He will know better than anybody else who's the kind of the sharpest players. Um, for me, and so it might, might be that Ben Woodburn was looking much sharper and better than absolutely everybody else on there. But I think the first leg, he 
when he started, he struggled. Um, but coming on the second leg right at the end um, to come on to take a penalty, not having been involved in the game, a lad his his age, and yeah. it, it may, may, maybe because he probably sees himself as a Premier League footballer and an international footballer, it may not even have occurred to him how serious the moment that he was facing was. I mean, he that looked cool as a cucumber, to be honest. Yeah, that arrogance of youth or whatever. I mean, I don't mind, and yeah. I don't mind that. Actually, apparently, though, um, I can't remember which, who it was that, I think it might have been Brannigan that said this afterwards. Um, apparently, it wasn't. Apparently, it didn't go where it was meant to go. <laughs> Woodburn's penalty. <laughs> well, when they go but in, like, that is literally that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but yes, yeah, so, but all credit to him because you know that's yeah. big, big, big situation for a young kid to get into, and he went up and he and he stuck the ball in the back of the net, which is which is all you can ask for. But so yeah, looking, looking forward really to um, looking forward to Wickham then. And Gareth Ainsworth and his lovely his lovely dad jacket. Um, yeah, Gareth Ainsworth annoys me a little bit because he's he's always linked with Reading. I think just because he's at Wickham Wanderers, right? And he's and, yeah, and we have an affiliation with that club for various reasons. Um, and I just don't see any. I just don't see it at all. I don't get why people seem to be so into touting Gareth Ainsworth as this young and exciting manager because he's really not done very much. No, and, and I mean, they've, they've, they had a good, really good start, a really strong start to the season, um, Wickham. I mean, I think, you know, he's... Given the amount of kind of resources at their disposal at Wickham, I think generally he's done okay. Um, but And this season, to be fair to them, they had an absolute blast at the start. But... But their 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 entire game this season has been built upon um, horrible grindy football where they they niggly fouls and kind yeah. of you know getting getting in the players' ways and and trying to dupe the referee into kind of just giving decisions in in your favour. Real kind of like yeah, basically yeah. general shit housery. And it was and it was it was pretty unpleasant to watch. Now they, I mean I'm I'm not a football purist and I you know, and I'm I'm by all means. Anything that play to your strengths and get and get your victories is fine. But I mean, if I was a Wiccan fan, I wouldn't want to watch that every week. It's pretty grim. But the mo- the most interesting thing was that the um in when we played, so they were on an absolute roll and they they had been unbeaten in like 127 weeks or something. And they came to the Kassam Stadium and and Carl Robinson made a big ploy of like we're going to basically so we're going to play them at their own game and he's pretty upfront about it and we did and I think we've done a pod about this since then. Yeah. Um, but we 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 shit housed them. We played them in their own game and. Amazing, we beat them at their own game, um, and we got them rattled. We got um, Akinfen were rattled, and got Akinfen were sent off. And he's not that kind of footballer. Yeah, you know, he yeah. kind of he's quite a jovial and genial chap. We got him rattled, and we got him sent off. And now, whether or not you know you, that's the kind of football you want to play, um, maybe not. But it was horses for courses. We looked at our opposition, and we did a number on them. We played them at their own game. They didn't like it very much. They lost that, and they they absolutely fell away after that. Yeah. I mean, on their 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 form after that, after our victory against them, was absolutely dreadful. And they very lucky that the season ended when it did. If it lasted a couple more season, a couple more weeks, they may not have made it into the um into the playoffs. Um, but. But you know you can only go by what what the situation yeah, yeah. is. So they so. But having said that, you know there'd be this kind of like grindy, gritty, unpleasant kind of shit housing football team. They 
their game against their games against Fleet, Fleetwood, which I only half watched. They were kind of on in the background. But they, they of all of the games I've seen since lockdown ended, which is a massive amount, it was the most kind of open and entertaining game of yeah. football that I've watched between two clubs who don't really play entertaining and in, entertaining and engaging football. No, um, I mean so, Wickham, Wickham just they they just want to concede possession. Basically, you know they want to they want to let the other team have the ball and then, like you say, take take their chances. And I think. I think with they've got Akin Fenwar and then they've got um, the other lad who's banged in a few goals for them as well. Um, what's his name? Oh, Jacobson. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. think they they do tend to hit the target a lot. You know, they well, they, they take they score, their chances. They, yeah, they score goals when they need to score goals, and they yeah. they they they're, they're they're efficient in the point that they score as many goals as they need to score. And because their defence is so absolutely rock solid, um, they don't actually need to score very many goals. And somebody put a stat up, and I can't I can't even remember it what it was, but it was about the number. Oh, was it the amount of times that each club is strung more than ten passes together? And okay. And for Oxford, it's something like. In this season, like you know, three hundred and fifty or something, and then Wickham was like twenty times. <laughs> it was yeah, like geez. it was it was just like wildly different styles of football. So, um, do you think it's going to uh, be? Do you think Robinson's going to go back to that trying to play them at their own game, or do you think he's going to go out there and try and win it? Honestly, don't know. Honestly, don't know. I mean, I, I we've we've played a few games. Um, We've we've had a few games against. I'm trying to remember who it was, who the other club that we did this against was earlier on in the season. It might have been Rochdale. I can't remember. A couple of clubs. No, it wasn't. It was Gillingham. Joe, my brain is completely shot. Anyway, it was a club who came came to the Kassan Stadium and just chucked everybody behind the ball. Um, but we played. Do you remember how um, England played in the um, in the World Cup? And they were. Uh, under Southgate, obviously, they were against like, people like Tunisia and stuff like that. They were breaking them, slowly breaking them down yeah. In, yeah. In, in in a way that England sides have f- failed and struggled to do that in, in year in, year out. Um, completely failed to break down teams who have just locked down. Um, whereas what we've actually managed to do is find a way through. And this is why we've strung so many passes together. We do that thing of knocking it around on the halfway line. They sit back and then you just entice them out. You entice yeah, yeah. them out and then you get in behind them. So if Wickham do play like that, I'm reasonably confident. I I, I, th- I think Carl Robinson... And also massive pitch that Wembley is. It's a lot wider, a lot deeper than the most football pitches. That should hopefully give us space in and around their players. Mm-hmm. So again, if they do play like that, I actually think that might work into our into our hands as long as we've kind of got that match fitness to run around and stuff. Um, but it's interesting because I think, I think we've had a much tougher workout they looked more and more impressive in their semi-final than we did but I think I genuinely think that's quality opposition I think Fleetwood was shit um and um yeah. Portsmouth I think on the other hand actually were pretty smart and pretty tough and and I and I saw so I think our semi-final was significantly more difficult than theirs um so hopefully that sets us in good stead um for tomorrow evening can't say for certain um because it's yeah. all a little you know I shit like cliche but it is all a bit of a lottery sticking everything down to 90 minutes of football but it's um, true well i will be firmly but, behind ooh. the yellows because i'm very excited about the prospect of a of a derby of a two two games next season which would be quite something 
it would it would be something of a coup for the uh, for the Thamesman podcast if we. It had, really would. Um, it would be the culmination uh, of everything uh, we've been working towards. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I mean, we would we'd have to find a way of doing something interesting or different with that. But we've got ninety minutes so. of football to get through tomorrow before we yeah. get there. But yeah, it would it would be wonderful. And and this is the thing: is that all of the other stuff aside, and all of the fact, even though there's a reasonable chance we're not actually going to be able to watch football for half of next season, sure. Um, to see Oxford United in the championship again um, would be wonderful. Now, I I remember Oxford being in the championship in the 90s because obviously I grew up in this area, but I never started watching Oxford until I came back from university and I started watching them properly on a regular basis and, you know, counting myself as a, a proper supporter until I left university, which was when I was 21, which is 2001. We just moved yeah. to the Kassam Stadium and it was basically downhill from there. We were in the... We were in, Division three, League Two, yeah. back then, and it was just downhill basically. So I've never, as a supporter, seen Oxford United in the Championship. So it would mean an awful lot for me. It's always been the promised land since I first came to watch Oxford United. Championship is a level that Oxford United could sustain. I think even yeah. you know the Championship's a very different beast to how it was twenty years ago. Yeah, when I first there are some, watching there are some and we were terrifyingly like that, but... good teams in the Championship. <laughs> And, and there you know, are there's absolutely. some shit teams as well, but when when your team is not in that upper echelon and you come up against those top teams, you know Fulham and Leeds and West Brom stuff, yeah. it can be quite quite frightening at times. Absolutely, and and you know, and, and again, I go back to the point that, that we had when we played against Newcastle. Um, in when we beat Newcastle, was it three nil, four nil? I can't remember. It was in the third, fourth round of the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago, um, and we they had um, oh Jesus, what's his name? Your mate, the the, the guy that you Eastern <laughs> European Joe. strike. You, no, no, you're Eastern European player. Oh, Mitro, love Mitro, yeah, Mitrovic. <laughs> so yeah. Mitrovic was playing for them, and he was coming back from injury. So he was kind of because it was a bit of a B team that they were sticking yeah. out against us, and he was coming back from injury. So it was a warm up game for him. Um, I mean, he was shit, um, <laughs> but he. Actually, he was hilariously shit. It was fucking brilliant. But he was worth 15 million. He, he, they'd paid 15 million quid for him. Yeah. And it's like 15 million quid. This is for, a, at that point, a club who were perennial, a perennial championship club at that point. They're paying 15 million quid. We've been desperately trying to scrape 12 million quid together to buy our stadium. And yeah. yet they've got a, they've got a sub of their second string, basically, who is yeah. worth 15 million quid. And that just Crazy. demonstrates the vast, vast difference between between yeah. the kind of League One and the Championship. Um, it is, the jump is significant. I mean, the jump between League Two and League One, I think, is moderate um, mm. at most. The jump from League One to Championship is suddenly a whole different world. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. Intimidating and terrifying. Villa coming down probably. Yeah. Um, so you know, play, playing Villa on an even keel. I mean, it will fill me with an enormous amount of pride. It really, really will. Um, but at the same time, yeah, absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Yeah. Just ridiculous. We're going, going. You know, but you know, but then maybe, maybe we were probably feeling a bit like that against people like Sunderland and Coventry when we were first. I remember when when we were in the same division as Coventry for the first time and we went to the Rico Arena mm. in League One. And I was, I'm just obviously they're not there at the moment, but I remember looking at that and going, this is, I, having been to places like 
oh, Jesus, like Hayes and Yedding um, and, yeah. and, and, ke- and fucking Kettering yeah. and going to grounds like that, watching Oxford on playing on a level against sides like that, going to the Rico Arena suddenly just was was wonderful so to to go places like the you know i don't know like the city ground and to go to villa park on on, yeah. on a level would i mean i you know i know we might not be able to go there for the first half of the season or even any of the season who knows but but just the fact that the club will be going there will be absolutely wonderful even well, if it is for one season so control your excitement for another night and we'll we'll reconvene yeah. afterwards and, and see see how it all went down we'll finish yeah. up give us a prediction come on give us a score prediction um, I think it will finish uh, after 90 minutes. I think it will finish one all, um, and I think we will win in extra time. A single goal, solitary goal in extra time. So two one will be the final score. A E T. Well, let's hope. Right. Well, best of luck uh, to, to to you and the boys. Yeah. And, thanks. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it all goes. Oh, Jesus, I'm really, ne- really nervous now. <laughs> there you go. You're ready to go. Shit. <laughs> cool. Nice one. So let me just uh, let me just fire up the outro. Uh, yeah, catch us uh, on Thamesman Blue and Thamesman Yellow on the uh, Twitters and everywhere else. And we'll be back. And after this, the season will the season's over for Reading anyway. So don't worry about them. But the season will be over for Oxford tomorrow night, and they could be a Championship team. Bloody hell, Andy. Bloody hell. Ronan Curtis is a knob, though. (laughs) 100%.